Allie. Hi, this is Sarah. And hi, this is John. And welcome to the Millennial Gap. So, friends, I have a very important question for you. What are your houses? Ravenclaw. Hufflepuff. Great. As we just established, I am a hybrid house. I am a Ravenpuff because we thought we would get extra millennially and talk about a book series, which inevitably changed us quite a bit, which was Harry Potter's. Why don't you all walk us, we can all walk through how we were first introduced to Harry Potter and then subsequently what sort of impact it had on us. I mean, I know for Sarah, it's a lot different than for me and for Allie. But for me, I mean, it was... Something I kept hearing about, I'm like, oh, I guess I probably should read this. I'm like, after the first book, I'm like, oh my god, this is awesome. And the third I'm like, oh my god, it's getting better. And until the seventh book, I'm like, well, this is too long, but also it's so sad. At, at, the, at the time I read the seventh book, Deathly Hollows, people kept spoiling it around me, which really annoyed me. Because I'm not a super fast reader. Like, I kind of like, I like to make it a meal. I want to like, if I'm really enjoying a book, I'll take my time with it. There's another book, which I'll, it's, it's The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. And that's another book, 400 pages, and I'm like, I'm going to take my time with it and read it till 3 a.m. And I was in my 30s. No, I was in my late 20s at the time when I finished that. So, uh, Sarah, Allie, how did it affect you guys? So, well, I'm going to tell you the story of actually how I I got into it. I didn't want to read it. So the first couple had come out when I was about pretty much the right age, like that, that I think I was 12 or 13 when they came out in the States. Didn't want to read it. I didn't want to read it. Like, I made a point of being like, I don't want to do it. Everyone's doing it. I'm going to be that bitch for my sweet 16. My mother put this basket together because that's what she does. And in the basket was the first four books. And it was the bound, you know, it was like a big, a box set. I read them and I read them quickly. I read them within like a week, the first four books. And that being said, the fourth book is what at that point was the longest book. And I read all of it within a week. And I was lucky because the fifth book came out at the end of the month that, of my birthday. So I got the fifth book. The day it came out, my mother took me to Sam's Club. Love it. <laughs> that very, very morning, like the early time when you can go if you have like a business account. We got the book and then we went to the like pre parts of a wedding, a Jewish wedding where like they separate the men and the women oh, and you sit in one. the synagogue. And what all I did throughout this whole time was read the book. I read the book sitting in the, in, in the synagogue. I read the book out on the steps to the point that someone literally came up to me and was like, what are you doing? And I'm like reading. And they're like, what are you reading? And I showed them and they were like, wait, didn't that come out like today? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, you're that far. I was like halfway through already. Cause I was just like, I got to get it. So that was what I did. And then the next year and the the next book and the following book, the sixth and the seventh, my mother and I went to like a midnight release party at Borders. At that point, I had made my mom and my dad both commuted so much that they did like books on tape the whole way back and forth. My mom read the books and loved it. She made my dad read the books. He loved them <laughs> to the point that like every time I get like a really good series and I tell them about it. They'll read it. They don't care. They'll read everything. Although they've read Fifty Shades of Grey and I feel really bad for them. Uh, but I can go into more detail yeah, about yeah. like what that impact was later. But let's talk about Allie's first like experience with it. Yeah, I think I was first exposed to it when it was early on. So it must have been in like, the first book came out in 97, right? believe so yeah so I, I, re- I think it was probably like 98 or 99 I was at a friend's house I remember she had the first book and she was talking about it and I really didn't know what it was at that moment so when I got a little bit older probably second or third grade 
I got the first book because my cousin was reading it at the same time and just instantly fell in love with it. Like I have all actually no, because one of my best friends lost the sixth book, still mad at her for that. But I have books one through five and seven at my mom's house. Eventually I can give them to my kids so that they can read them and experience it. It was huge in my life. I think I might've mentioned this on my cousin's bar mitzvah when the last book came out, my great aunt got copies for all the kids that were reading it. And we were just completely antisocial, just trying to see what happened in that book. Yeah, that was the best. It was amazing. And it was so big that I remember it was a huge part of my childhood, not just the books, but the movies too. And my older cousin looks a little bit what I kind of pictured Harry Potter to look like, like he has dark hair and he wore glasses and had uh, light eyes. And so I remember trying to get him to practice his English accent so that he could be cast as Harry Potter. But even, yeah, when I was a kid, I had friends who lived up the street and I was at their house most weekends playing Harry Potter. And again, because I had the dark hair, I was Harry Potter (laughs) most of the time. And we used to make up adventures that didn't happen in the books, but we thought would be fun. So the first book came out September 1st, 1998. Okay, so that would make sense. And she was talking about it around that time. So we want to talk about, well, obviously you talked about the impact a little bit for you. Did it kind of impact you now as an adult? I think now more so as an adult. Like I, I can proudly say I'm not one of those millennials that will put like in their dating profile. I'm a raven puff, but <laughs> simultaneously, I know it was such a big thing that shaped my childhood. And I mean, I always loved to read, but that was one of the books that like I really fell in love with reading because of. And I still continue to read probably too much to this day. And I know we're going to talk about this later. I think right now it's just difficult for me to reconcile the series that I loved so much with someone who is objectively terrible. Like I said, I know we're going to go into this more later, but it's I appreciate the love of reading that it gave me, but I also understand the problematic nature that it presents nowadays. I can go into a little bit more about what it did for me as an adult. When I moved out of my parents' house after grad school and I was like at the the company that shall not be named, which is also a bit of a reference, I had so much trouble making friends. Um, like the friends that I had were either, you know, here or went away after college. It was very difficult for me to make friends. And the one, number one thing that I kept being told was, try to find a group, try to find like a meetup. At that point, meetup was so big. Most people were part of some kind of meetup group. So I was looking around, looking around, trying to find something that interested me. Like I love books. I love movies. I love trivia. I love all that shit. So I found a Harry Potter group, the biggest chapter, the New York City Harry Potter group. They still exist. They're some really great people. And I made some really amazing friends from this group to the point that I actually felt like I was human again. I actually could like go out. I could go to have a drink with a friend, go to dinner, go to a party, be a normal 20 something. And I found like a right place for myself to slot in to this group that had already established themselves. They were all like really close friends and they brought me in really easily. I'm the kind of person who like, wants to be very much in in like control this group also had the year i started started a 
a convention, a Harry Potter convention. I was like, oh, that's so cool. So I went to my first Harry Potter convention. It wasn't this one, but I wanted to know what it was like. I went to Chicago. I went to LeakyCon, and it was, like, so much fun. Then I went to MistyCon, which is the convention that used to be run by by the Harry Potter group. It was like no convention I'd ever been to. It's a Harry Potter convention meets Dragon Con. There's parties in hotel rooms. There's parties all over the place. There's inclusion. There's so much you can do there. There, like, there was so much that was like open to you. But I'm that person who has to be in control. So I volunteered basically the whole convention to the point that like one of the organizers was like, you were so great. We loved having you. You were like the best volunteer. And I was literally like, okay, next year I, I'm on the staff. <laughs> I just like, I like pushed my way onto their staff to the point that I literally ended up being like the three heads assistant. There were three heads of the convention. I was their assistant for the next convention. And I was one of the three heads in the third convention <laughs> because it was like, at that point I was just going to keep going. And then obviously I was pregnant at that third convention and it was so difficult for all of us to actually get everything done. And it was right before the pandemic. Literally, we did it. It was it 2019, right? Yeah. It was just like, holy shit, we kind of have to put a pause. But it was a very good portion of my 20s and into my 30s that I was part of this group. And it made that big of an impact. Not necessarily that the book series was the end all be all. And, you know, the author was so important. It was more that the literature, the words, the things that it brought out in us was what we were so excited about. I don't think anyone at the convention was like, oh, this author, this author, this author. Yes, there were certain panels that would talk about the way she writes and, you know, the extension from that into the next novels that she wrote. But it wasn't, oh, we believe what she believes. Honestly, the, the convention that we ran was so the opposite of probably what she believes mm-hmm. that when I heard the ridiculous things that she's put out there, it was like, okay, I'm going to find a way to separate that in my mind then. The books, they're my childhood, they're my 20s. She doesn't have a part in it. I'm not going to read anything from her. I'm not going to give her more money. But those those are mine. They live in my heart. They don't have anything to do with her anymore. Well, it didn't really change my life in that dramatic of a way. Because I, I, I found other ways to make friends, even though I was kind of a loner <laughs> through most of uh, my 20s. But I did find Team Austin through Meetup, which that was great for my, my form of 20 years. But now it's... But they have picture books, which is really cool. And for us, it's like, oh, my God, we get to now initiate our, I guess now 19 months, going to be 20 months, literally in five days. It brings a different light into it because when Sarah's reading, she does accents. When I'm reading, I do funny noises and things like that. And believe me, we know our son has no idea what the hell is going on. We get it. But it's more like, it's kind of like the, the idea where people say like having a, like a, a father having a son is like patching out a, not passing down a torch. I didn't feel that, which is... I feel that more when I'm reading him one of our favorite books that Sarah and I really bonded over as well as Doctor Who. But it's what makes me proud of our son is what makes me really feel like emotional is the things that I did when I was younger that now he's going to learn or he's going to get to grow up with. Even though, yes, it is now a, a tattered history because of the, ter- the author and what she, the terrible things that she said. But as says, Sarah said, like, and said and believes time frame like that at one point those movies will become a classic movie which scares me they're kind of already are this is the point where you're thinking well there are movies we watched as children that are very very 
problematic now. Right. But I might Robin Hood Men in Tights is slightly problematic. Oh, it's but I very still problematic. Have my kid watch it. There it's are some comedy. parts of it that you're like, okay, well, if they do want to know about these particular things, yeah, I'm happy to tell them. But if you watch or read something for the enjoyment of it and try not to pick something she might have accidentally like slid in there, I don't even think so. Like the thing about it is that the reason that most millennials, because let's be honest, this is a book from our generation that the generation below us is confused why we're still kind of obsessed with. The reason that millennials were so heartbroken when these beliefs came out that she has is because nothing about those books made us go, oh yeah, that's that's what she thinks about trans people or uh, lesbians, gays, any particular yeah. thing that's not a very white feminist, <laughs> fake feminist, because I don't really count what she's being as a feminist. Nope, feminism is intersectional. View. Nothing about those books is like, Oh yeah, I don't I don't think that that's okay. But then again, you know, you can think back on something she said in the past that you're like, did you need to do that? Yeah, I could have come up with that on our own. No, I was gonna say it's just like more the current queer coding of characters that she's portrayed. Like she has come out in certain instances and been like, Dumbledore is gay, and it's almost led to a certain meme. That's exactly what I was. Yeah, it's led to like the meme that's popped up on the internet. It's like the centaurs were into BDSM. But did you know they fucked the spiders? Oh god. <laughs> but I understand the intent behind it to show that there is certain representation, but there are ways to go about it where you don't have to necessarily after the fact address it. Why not just have a queer character in the book Correct. have like, that representation? Like honestly, I could have told you Dumbledore was gay without you going, Oh yeah, I always thought he was. There's not it, like I don't really think it mattered at that point. Like that's, that that's not what thing. we were doing. That's no. not what any anyone no. I know is doing. What I'm saying more so, though, is if that were there, I think it would have had a huge impact on people. And I think she was trying to relate to that. And then, unfortunately, her other views became apparent, which is why it was so heartbreaking. I mean, obviously, it's not the same thing. But I was talking about this with a friend who's a little bit, he's actually technically a Gen Xer. And he was saying how heartbroken people were when the whole Michael Jackson scandal came out at first. It's this huge phenomenon that's tied so many people together and you have such visceral memories, be they positive or negative. But subsequently, when something happens to disrupt that particular image, especially on such a global phenomenon, it's a big deal. And I mean, so we're gonna have to talk about this, the cursed child play. That was, that was a cash grab if I've ever seen one in my entire life. Like Garbage. Okay. Was, yeah. The show is the plus, well done. The show is beautiful to watch. The magic is magical. The acting is is stellar but the actual script which she oh straight up garbage is trash like like that's one book that we will not include in jack's like i didn't even finish reading it you didn't need to it ends up with i i saw the show twice john i know what i know i know you did but i'm like okay cool so their relationship and i'm happy for it and when i watched her i'm like i i shipped them so hard because they're both amazing in their own right you ship albus albus scorpius I, 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 like, the, both Scorpius, I think it's called. I hate so, it so, so much. That we saw, I hate it so he, much. He was so <laughs> great. Names? 
he was so great because the, the terror in voice like, but why? What you, like, I can't do this because I don't want to wake up our 19-month-old I was just talking about. <laughs> He's literally upstairs right now. But like, the high pitch, I'm like, I feel that nervousness of like, but what's going on? I'm like, I feel that in the middle of my chest. But had a minute, my brain went, like, when I finished the book, I'm like, well, that sucks. But also... I'm down for whatever they're about. It's well now it's almost a perversion of it to a certain degree. Like we can oh, all agree. It is, yeah. The, the second um Newt Scamander movie is straight up trash. Oh, that was terrible too. Yeah. Yeah. The first one I didn't mind. I think it's because she actually had help writing it. And the second one it was just all her and I was like, This is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> we will probably not see the rest. I, yeah. I like them because I like when there's a Hufflepuff that's not a typical Hufflepuff just in the spotlight and that's great. I didn't like Johnny Depp's character. I don't. Whatever. I'm oh, glad they're. Be I'm glad they're changing him again. I'm, we'll see what happens because there has been no news about it recently. The one thing that I'm really excited about. They're they're starting to film this this year. Is it the last yeah. one that they're making? <laughs> I, I I, so they're that's what I'm three. wondering too, because a lot of the things that I listen. So I still listen to like Harry Potter podcasts. Yeah. Well, one that I've been listening to since probably I started. Shout out to Mugglecast. They're amazing. Yes. To the point that I put it on in the car, and Jack will not deal with any podcasts. He was calm <laughs> the whole time we were listening to it. Nice. And it's probably because it's like we're talking. They're talking about a fantasy series, so mm-hmm. it's not like. News, news, depression, right. news. Ah. Whereas, so terrible. anyway, the podcast, MuggleCast has been like speculating if they'll maybe push it down to just three. Because it looks like that all they're doing is trying to be more cash grabby, like grab more money out of this as much as possible. Though I will say, if we're talking about cash grabs, I did go on the Harry Potter walking tour when I was in Edinburgh and it was amazing. <laughs> oh, so like, that's not a cash grab. That is, uh, depending on what like, you do. I, I bet you that money isn't going to the oh, author. definitely not. Yeah. Like another great example, and because this is all Harry Potter, there's a new Harry Potter video game that's coming out next year. And I am so excited about it because it looks so cool and you get to be a wizard. And like, my brain goes, this is is the one where they announced that you could be a, a, a trans, trans person, yeah, yeah, yeah. Person, which is great. Which yes. I thought was a stick it to her. Okay. Oh, hundred percent it is because like I go fuck yourself <laughs> because in, in the beginning of the trailer it says all everything they were doing does not reflect the J.K. Rowling foundation. Like we're we're, we're pro everything, which I'm like fuck yes, perfect. But there's an artist I used to, or a celebrity I used to follow, Rahul Kohli, who's like, I'm very excited about this game, but instead of this, I'm going to be donating my money. And my brain goes, that's great, that's awesome, but I want to play it so badly that I'm going to buy the game, well, we and did then that. I'm going to match it to We did donations. that, so when the scandal with Johnny Depp came out, and yeah. they were all behind him, we were like, well, what are we going to do? Because we kind of wanted to see that second movie. Correct. So what we ended up doing was, both of us, we obviously went to see the movie, but we also donated the ticket costs and then some a little bit more to mm-hmm. a cause. I think I think it was like for battered women or yeah, for it was a, yeah, for a battered woman for, for abuse. Some I can't remember. It was so yeah. many years ago now. Yeah. A charity specifically centered on that particular. And I, I know a lot of people did the same because mm-hmm. they were like, I want to see what it's going to be. But, like, I don't want to support them. I want to put my money where my mouth is. So I refer to it as the Pete Davidson model of dealing with artists. Like, he talked about it on a Weekend Update one time about how he loves R. Kelly's music, but he knows R. Kelly is a trash human being. So every time he listened to Ignition Remix, he had to donate a dollar to Rain. (laughs) That's actually kind of awesome. It was great, Uh, yeah. So he was like, I gave Rain so much money. (laughs) I mean, it's a good song, but I understand. I think the main gap is the... How it's the, the now versus our child. Yeah, it's, it's never yeah, said. It's, I, I think what Sarah said was great. It's the, in her heart of hearts, the book, the story, the characters are there. They will always be there. What 
Miss Rowling did. I'm trying to not say her name. She she who shall not be named. Saying the author. So, so what the author did has perverted that idea, and to this day, I am always conflicted because I'm like, I really enjoy this book. I really want to like to buy more, but I'm like, I, at the same time, I know part of this is going back to her. But as I said, I, I'm doing this more so our son and eventual kid number two will understand it and love and really understand like magic can be anywhere it's not just oh my god there's a magician poof magic but like it can come it's literally just your imagination and that is kind of what it taught me like anything can come true if you believe hard enough and like i mean mind you you cannot have a a wizard duel to the death (laughs) where you, you find voldemort's corpse that is somehow in your mind tunnel which whatever and then it dies Uh, Outside of that, what you're trying to say is that we have to find a way as adults to separate the two and find the magic that, like, it gave us as as kids to, like, pass down. Or or for Allie, find the Lulu. (laughs) The Lulu. I think that is a beautiful note to end on. Yeah, definitely. If you all want to tell us the impact that Harry Potter had on your life, please email us at themillennialgetpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at themillennialgap. And as always, mind Mind the the gap. gap. We got there eventually. It was good, actually. (laughs)